We've been in this uh, 21 days of prayer, um, and it's been so amazing. And there's times where we pray and we pray and we pray, and we don't feel like God is doing anything. We feel like our prayers are empty and they don't matter. We pray, we ask God to um, intervene. It doesn't seem like he's doing anything about it. Uh, There's often times where, man, we're doing all the things that we know we're supposed to do, but yet we're still getting our teeth kicked in. We're still finding defeat, and it's like everything is coming up against us. And I want to challenge you today. Maybe what's going on is it's not that God is not moving. It's that we have put something in front of God, that we have placed idols and other things in front of God. And I'm going to share a a lovely story with you today from, uh, from Joshua and it's funny because the youth just talked about Jericho this week, and uh, the kids' church over there, they're doing Bible stories, and so we're going to do our own Bible story today, all right? It's going to be good. And so here is the story in Joshua. We see this pattern of Israel constantly fighting against God, constantly wanting their own way, thinking that God is not enough. And in this, in this battle, they've just taken out the city of Jericho. God, you know, they march around the, the wall seven times. The walls fall down. They go in. They conquer the They conquer Jericho, and then God says, all right, Jericho's down. I want you to go to this city called Ai, take out those people. Uh, It's going to be good. I'm going to be with you, right? And he said, I'm going to be with you if you do what I ask you to do. And then he he also said in his word before, but if you do not obey me, if you do not do what I want you to do, then I'm not going to go with you, and it's going to be bad for you. And so this is what happens in Joshua 7. We're going to read this together. It says right there, so they have this big victory, this great thing, but, seems like there's always a but, right, when God's working, but Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Carmi, the descendant of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. So Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Beth-Avon. So Joshua didn't know this stuff was stolen or that, that Achan had messed up. They had this mighty uh, victory over Jericho, and now they're like, we're going to go to Ai. We got this. God's with us. But somebody messed up. When they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. There's hardly anybody there. It'll be an easy win. We don't need to take more than two or 3,000 men to, take a- to, to attack Ai. Since there are so few of them, don't make all the people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. They got, their teeth, they got their teeth kicked in by these little bitty people in Ai. And this is they were defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 of them who were retreating down the slope. And so the Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. Joshua and the elders tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust in their heads, and bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. And Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you're going to let the Amorites kill us? Do you ever feel like that? Man, it's like you're trying to do something for God, and you meet some resistance. like, God, why did you even ask me to do that? Why? You just brought me here to, to, so I could lose. And he's saying, why did you do this? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, 
They will surround us, wipe out our name off the face of the earth, and then that will, and what will happen to the honor of your great name? But the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you laying on your face like this? Why are you laying on your face like this? Get up. You know the problem. Remember, I told you that if you do what I ask you to do and you follow my decrees and you, and you honor me, then I'm going to be with you. If you don't, then it's going to go bad for you. You're going to be defeated. You cannot stand up against these people. So why are you praying and asking me to step in when you're not doing the things that I've asked you to do? And so Israel had sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded, must be set apart for me, and they have not only stolen them, but they have lied about it and hidden these things among their own belongings. This is why the Israelites are running from the enemies in defeat. For now Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. And then he says, get up again. Get up again. Command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Hidden among you, O Israel, are the things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. Guys, there's things in our life that we put in front of God. And we keep coming up against things and we keep getting defeated and we can't find victory and we can't find freedom and we can't find what God has so beautifully offered us because we're always running back to the things that don't bring life. We're always running back to the things that we think that we can trust in, but really those things bring us into more slavery. And so God is telling his people, go find the issue, root it out, pull it out, get rid of it, and then I will come back and I will be with you. And so in the morning, you must present yourselves by tribes, and the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs. That tribe must come forward with his clans, and the Lord will point out the guilty clan. Then the, Lord, then the clan will come forward, and the Lord will point out the guilty family. Finally, each member of the guilty family must come forward one by one. The one who has stolen that, what was set apart for destruction will himself be burned with fire, along with everything he has, for he has broken the covenant of the Lord and has done a horrible thing in Israel. Now that sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? But do you still have that passage that Karen shared in Deuteronomy? Maybe you can pull that up. He's shaking his head no. <laughs> Somewhere. It's like you love being put on the spot back there. Um, if you don't have that, uh, that's fine. But in Deuteronomy, God God tells his people, you do what I ask, it's gonna go good, it's gonna go well for you. Don't take the things in Canaan, don't take the the idols, don't take don't covet the gold. Don't covet the silver. Don't take those things into your household because then you will become like them. And so and this, this man named Achan took these things from the Canaanite lands, from Jericho, hid them in his home, and what happened to him? He became like them. He became devoted to destruction. And so early in the next morning, this is what happens. Then the clans of Judah came forward and the clan of Zerah was singled out. Then the families of Zerah came forward, and the family of Zimri was singled out. Every member of Zimri's family was brought person by person, and Achan was singled out. And then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me, what have you done? Don't hide it from me. And Achan replied, it's true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon. 
200 silver coins and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. And I wanted them so much. I wanted them so much that I took them. This word that he's saying, this, this, I wanted them so much that I took them. This word wanted is, is covet. I coveted these things so much that I had to have them. I saw them and thought that they were going to bring me something that I didn't have already. I saw these things and I thought that they would bring me fulfillment in a way that I haven't had that fulfillment before. I coveted those things. I longed for those things. These things had my utmost affection. And he said, I took them and I hid them in the ground beneath my tent with the silver buried deeper than the rest. So Joshua sent some men to make a search. They ran to the tent and found the stolen goods hidden there, just as Achan had said, with the silver buried beneath the rest. They took the things from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites. Then they laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, his daughters, cattle, donkey, sheep, goats, tent, and everything he had, and they brought them to the valley of Accor. Then Joshua said to Achan, why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. They piled a great heap of stones over Achan, which remains to this day. This is why the place has been called the Valley of Trouble ever since. So the Lord was no longer angry. That's a harsh, that's a, that's a fun story, right? That's a good story. This is, this is a great example of what happens when we put other things in front of God. I want to tell you every issue that we have in our life, everything in our life that we're not finding freedom in, everything in our life that we're not having victory in, everything in our life that we seem to keep struggling in over and over and over again, the issue is not the issue. The issue is always a lordship issue. It's always a lordship issue. See, Achan didn't trust God to, to take care of him, maybe. And he, when he saw these things at, at Jericho, he said, I'm going to take these things, I'm going to hide them in, under my tent, I'm going to bury them down, and just in case God doesn't do what I want him to, just in case God doesn't really come through with his word, I've got a backup plan. I've got a backup plan. I've got my retirement. So this 200 pieces of silver, this pound of gold, and this robe, they, they figured it was estimated about a lifetime worth of wages. And so maybe Achan in his mind was thinking, oh, I know God said we're going to get an inheritance. I know he said he's going to give us some land. But just in case he doesn't, I have this money here. I can go buy land if he doesn't come through. Or maybe he was thinking, I'm going to be king. He's got a robe. He's got this gold. He's got silver. Maybe he was setting himself up as Lord and not letting the Lord be Lord. You see, there's things in our life that God has asked us to be, to devote to him. And, and that's, really, that's, <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. There's things in our life that we need to devote to God. And you know what those things are? Everything. Everything. And, and the problem with what we have as people is we don't like to give everything to the Lord. We don't like to devote everything to the Lord. It's like, Lord, I'll devote some things, but everything? I'll devote some time. I'll devote uh, Sunday morning to you. I'll devote uh, a little prayer time with you in the morning on Facebook. You know, I'll, I'll, watch, I'll watch Pastor Neil's, you know, devotions in the morning. But Everything, 
Do I need to give everything to the Lord? And I want to tell you today that if the Lord isn't Lord of all, then he isn't Lord at all. If the Lord isn't Lord of all, then he isn't Lord at all. You see, we have these little pet things that we like to keep and like to bury down and and don't let anybody see and anybody have control of because they're mine. They're mine and, and nobody can touch them. God, I have control of these things, but in reality, these things have control of you. I mean, think about Achan. He couldn't even enjoy the things that he had because he had to bury them and hide them. God wants to give you things that you can enjoy and have pleasure in because they're given to you in freedom. You're not having to hide it. You're not having to... To, to do anything with it, it's not controlling you. But God has given you so much when you just give it back to him. And see, that's that art of giving it back to him, saying, you are Lord of everything. You are Lord of all. And so I'm going to give it to you. And so I need uh, a volunteer. It's going to pay pretty well. So who wants to, who wants to volunteer? Our, Vanessa, she's like, I'll take it. I ain't scared. So, Vanessa, um, there's things in our tent here. There's things in our house. And if you can turn the heat down, that'd be great because I'm burning up here. Y'all might be dying. Uh, So, um, there's things in our life. This tent kind of represents our life. It represents our heart. There's things in there that we don't completely turn over to God. And so, if you can come, she's going to dig up the things in our life one by one that we don't like to give God control of. So, just grab anything at random and we'll... Yeah, dig it up. You don't. You can keep one of those things. All right, here we go. Boom. Number one. So this weight is our bodies. It represents our bodies. We don't like to give God control of our bodies. We say, God, um, my body's my body. I can do with it whatever I want to do. But God is saying, no. If I'm not Lord of your body, then I'm not Lord of anything. Scripture says very plainly that These bodies are temples for the Holy Spirit. And when we don't treat our bodies like temples of the Holy Spirit, then then we don't don't find victory. Our bodies, man, just everything we do does not glorify God, and, and nothing good comes from it. We find our bodies broken down and beat up, and we wonder what happened. Well, we're not giving God our bodies, every part of it. We're not honoring God with our lives, with our bodies. We need to honor him with our bodies. What else we got in there, Vanessa? Not money. Whoop, whoop. You can keep that. It's, it's what? You said you didn't want it. Yes. Money. You know, this is the hardest thing to give to God. This is the most difficult thing to give to God. Because with this, I can control everything in my life, or I think I can. With this, I can buy happiness. With this, I can pay off people that don't like me. You know, with this, I can find what I think I really, truly need. But really, um, God gives all this to us. God supplies our need. You know, it's hard for us to give up our possessions. It's hard for us to give and be generous because we think that we're not going to get any more. We have this mentality like, oh, this is my last 20 bucks. I can't give it away. But when you realize that God's infinite, 
God has all we need, and this came from him anyway? Hey, God, I'm going to give this away because I know you're going to supply more for me to give even more. And so I told you, Vanessa, you can keep this, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, she just bought y'all Starbucks. Yeah, so what else we got? Oh, golf club. Oh, yeah. I like to play golf. I'm not very good at it, obviously. Um, but it's our hobbies, our time. How do you, what do you do with your time? Are you giving your time to God? Are you giving your hobbies to God? Are you, are, you, are you allowing him to be Lord of your time, or do we waste time? That's my sin. I'm going to tell you. I'll just be straight up. If there's one thing that I'm stingy with, it's my time. If we're all here, we all have these struggles. I'm not up here saying, oh, I'm, I got it all together, because I don't. I have these struggles. I, I struggle to give God my time. I have other things that I have to do. I have work. I have, you know, all these things. But God desires our time, our talents, everything that we have. If, if I'm not allowing God to step into my recreation time, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm like, I don't have time to do this. And you don't enjoy it. What else we got, Vanessa? Uh, Just a couple more things, I think. My dad. My dad. My dad. <laughs> this is my family. This is my children. You know, my children belong to the Lord. Yeah. My wife belongs to the Lord. They are on loan to me yeah. from the Lord. If I don't understand that reality, if I don't grasp that, that God has gifted me with these things, I'll be tempted to hold on to them. And, and, and the biggest thing that I want for my kids and my family is for them to follow God, for them to know God. Everything they do outside of that, I know is going to take care of it. I was talking to somebody this week, and they said the same thing. It's like, I just want my kids to love God. I want them to know God the way that I know them. You know, as a father, these, are, these kids are on loan. My family is on loan. I'm just supposed to raise them in the way of the Lord. Same way with my wife. <laughs> Debbie is God's. And I want her to love God more than she loves me. Because he can love her way more perfectly than I can. All right, next. Anything else? A hammer? Oh, a hammer time. <laughs> hammer time. <laughs> hammer. This is the only thing I can find that represent work. Scripture says work what? Wholeheartedly. As you're working for the Lord, not for man. Do you know that your job, your promotion, everything, your skill has given to you by God? And yet we think we can, that it's ours. We think that we honed it. We think that we made it better. But really everything that we have is from the Lord, our abilities, our talents. And when you can't give that back to God and you, and you, you approach your job as a burden and you approach your job as, as something other than God-given, you find no joy in it. You're like Aiken. It's just this hidden, buried thing. And you, and you find no purpose in it. Now, I'm not saying that every job is perfect. I mean, there's some really bad jobs out there. There's some really rough management that you got to deal with. But even in the midst of those bad managers and bad jobs, God has still called you into that place to make a difference. How often do you wake up in the morning instead of saying, oh, God, I have to go to work today? You say, oh, God, thank you. I get to go to work today. God, I get to go and pray with my coworkers. God, I get to be a light to you. 
God, those people need Jesus, and I'm going to go there and represent you well. That's us giving our lives over to God. That's him making Lord of every part of our life. I think that's it, right? That's it. There might be some silver buried down in there deep. Thanks, Vanessa. <laughs> Matthew 16, 24 says this. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then he goes on to say this. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. This is a transactional language that Jesus is saying here. It's like a bank term. He's like, I'm, I'm coming back. The Son of God is coming back, and he's going to judge you, and he's going to reward you, either good or bad, for what you have done, what you have sown, what you have, uh, what you have worked at. And he's saying he's going, to give you, he's going to judge you for what you've done. And Jesus says that unless you come after me and deny yourself and take up your cross, you can't come to me. Whoever wants to save his life must lose it. So what does is, what is losing our life and, and to save it look like? Well, it's taking my family and saying, God, this is your family. This is your, this is, you've given it to me. I don't have it unless you said I had it. God, you alone have given this to me. And so I lay it at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, it's yours. It's all yours. And then you say, God, this is my body. You know, I have desires, I have things, and, you know, that person, you know, but it's, it's, it's your body, God. I'm going to lay it down at the foot of the cross. And, Lord, your way is my way. I don't understand it all the time, but, God, I'm trusting that your way is the best way. And so my body is yours. Lord, my work, I hate that job sometimes, God. It's irritating, but, God, I know you gave me this job, and I'm thankful for it. And, God, I'm going to honor you and glorify you every day in it. God, let the work of my hands glorify you. And you lay it at the foot of the cross. Take your, your time, your extra time, your free time, and you say, God, thank you for my free time. It's from you. I'm going to enjoy it because I know it's from you, and I'm going to honor you in it. And you lay that at the foot of the cross. Then you go to Vanessa's pocket, and you take out that 20. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, you left it. Okay, well, there you go. I'll grab it. Then you say, Lord, every possession I have, everything that I own, God, the money in the, in the bank, my 401k, all that stuff, God, it's yours. I want to use it for your glory. I'm going to use it the way that you want it used, God, because my way doesn't work. And so, Lord, I'm going to lay that at the foot of the cross. It's yours, God. You are Lord of all. You are Lord of all. Do you notice in that story when, when they grabbed all the stuff out of Achan's tent, what did they do? It says they took it and they set it in the presence of the Lord. Why? Why? Because only God can purify those things. Only God can purify those things. Only God can purify our lives. Let God have your life today. Stop trying to live your life without him. I'm telling you. You may find some sense of joy in it, but as one from experience, 
Only when I lay my life down completely and totally do I find joy. Am I able to enjoy the things that he has given to me? God has given you so much. Would you honor him with everything? Would you say, Lord, you are Lord of all. You're not just Lord of some. You are Lord of all. And I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm going to honor you with everything in my life. That's what God's asking. That's what God wants. That's what God desires. Just everything. Not much. Just everything. So would you do that? I pray that you would. So I just want to close uh, with this prayer. And, and Christian, if you want to come up and play something, I don't know where he's at, but he's hiding over there. Um, Father God, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for meeting us in this place. God, I thank you for messing up my plans, for messing up our plans. God, it's yours. God, I lay it at your feet. I lay it at your cross. This church is yours. The way it's ran is yours. God, it's all yours. And Father, we love you for that. It takes all the pressure off. And God, I thank you for everything that we have. I thank you for everyone in this building. I thank you for everyone watching online. God, I pray that you would begin to move in them, that you would begin to show them the areas of their life that they have not completely and totally surrendered to you. God, that you would begin to go inside of their heart, inside their tent, and start to dig up all those things that are not of you. Those Dig up all those idols that we placed in front of you, God, and that we would have the courage to take them and set them at your feet and say, Lord, they're yours. They, don't want, they cannot control me any longer. They're yours. Lord, I want you to control me. I want you to influence me. I want you to be the only way in my life. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you took my place. Thank you, God, that you became like Achan. Lord, that you were tossed out of town, that, that the people took you out of town and they, they beat you and they hung you on a cross our sin. God, we should have been the one tossed out. We should have been the one crucified. But Lord, you took our place so that our sins will be made clean. God, that we can come to God and be righteous through your blood and through your body. Lord, it's all through you and it's all by you. And I thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Lord, for taking my place that I can come to you lay it all at your feet and say, you are my Lord, you are my Savior, and you are my King. Thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Before I let you go today, I just want to ask a simple question. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe this is some new idea, Lord, of my life. I never thought of that. I was that way for much of my life. I knew God, but I didn't know of God. Like I knew of Christ, but I didn't know Christ. He was uh, just someone I ran to when I was in trouble, someone I prayed to when I didn't know what else to do. But until I realized that, that Jesus was Lord, like he was king, like my whole life belongs to him, when I realized that and I said, okay, God, I'm surrendering to you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my King. That moment when I surrendered completely and totally to his will, 
That's when life change happened. That's when I got it. That's when I understood that, God, your ways are so much better than my ways. If anybody can mess stuff up, it's me. I don't make good decisions. I need God. And then he showed me grace. He showed me mercy. He pulled all the junk out of my tent, and he laid it on the floor, and he said, it's gone. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. This used to control you, but now all you have is me, and I'm all you need. And so today, if that's you, and you're like, man, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I want to pray with you. I want to help you. We're going to help you as a church to grow in your faith. So if that's you today, just raise your hand up real quick. We want to pray with you. Don't be afraid. If you're online today, thank you. Anybody else? Don't be afraid. Thank you. If you're online today and you want, if you want that, just text us. Put us in the chat. Put in the chat. Message us. Do whatever you can. We want to help you. Thank you. Lord, I thank you right now. Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And this prayer doesn't save you. It's our faith in Christ that saves us. This prayer is simply a a declaration of saying that you are Lord Jesus. And so can we all just put this together as one act of unity? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins and take my place. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I am saved, I am set free, I am redeemed. Every failure, every sin, every anxious thought that I've ever had is thrown away. And Lord, it is replaced by your presence and your Holy Spirit. Now, Father, help me to follow Jesus. Give me the Holy Spirit that I may walk in your ways and do what you want. I lay my life down now at your feet. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. And you are my King. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give God a hand. If that's you today and you've raised your hand, please come talk to me, talk to one of the staff, talk to a greeter. Let us know so we can help you along that process, give you some next steps, put a Bible in your hand. If you don't have a Bible, we have one for you. We love you. Man, it is a beautiful day when people come into the kingdom of God. It's a beautiful day. Right? So let's just pray again. Let's just stay here and worship, man. Can we just do that? God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these beautiful people. God, it's more than I can bear. God, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for everyone in here. God, I pray that you'd be with them this week, that you would guide them, that you would direct them. God, that every step they take would be appointed and anointed by you. God, I pray that every word we speak would glorify you this week, God. I pray that everywhere we go, God, people would see Jesus in us. Thank you, Lord, for that. God, let us walk out in faith. Let us walk out in power. And let us walk out knowing that you're with us. Thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.